You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Aeroflow. Aeroflow is a company that helps you get a breast pump through your health insurance. There can be some hoops to jump through to get a breast pump through your insurance, but Aeroflow does all of this for you and they make it so easy. All you need to do is fill out a quick form that takes just a minute or two, and then they will contact your health insurance company and work out all the details. They're going to get in touch with your doctor or midwife and get the paperwork that they need from them. And then they're going to get in touch with you to help you choose the right breast pump for your needs. To get this started, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash breast pump. Last week, we talked about your due date and the different ways that that is calculated and what that means for your pregnancy and when you can expect your baby to arrive. This week, we are talking about morning sickness. Morning sickness is nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. This affects somewhere between 60 to 80% of expecting mothers. Morning sickness is most often nausea that happens during pregnancy, but this can be accompanied by vomiting. And this doesn't just happen in the morning. This can be any time or in some cases even all day. It's most common in the first trimester and can start as early as one to two weeks after conception. And it usually goes away after about 12 weeks or about when you're starting the second trimester. Hyperemesis gravidarum is a severe morning sickness that can require hospitalization or treatment with IV fluids. And this condition affects somewhere between 0.3 to 2% of all pregnancies. The most common stat that I see in research is somewhere around 1%. This episode is going to be more focused on morning sickness just in general and not the more severe hyperemesis gravidarum. I will link to a study in the show notes that is a really good overview with a lot of references to different studies on specific stats for morning sickness and hyperemesis if you want to dig into those numbers. Let's talk about what causes morning sickness. Like so many pregnancy-related things, we're not entirely sure, so we tend to blame hormones. HCG, which is the human chorionic gonadotropin, is the hormone that gives you a positive pregnancy test. And morning sickness tends to peak about the same time that your levels of HCG do, which is around 12 weeks. And for moms who are expecting twins or multiples, their levels of HCG tend to be even higher. And they also have higher rates of nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. So HCG is commonly linked to morning sickness. Another thing that can cause morning sickness or nausea is a heightened sense of smell. And that's really common in the first trimester. And then other hormones like estrogen, progesterone, prostaglandin, E2 have all been linked to morning sickness. And of course, this can be due to a combination of all of these factors. There's no surefire way to tell if you're going to have morning sickness before you get pregnant, but some things do make it more likely that you're going to have morning sickness. This can include your genetics. If your mom experienced nausea when she was pregnant with you, it's more likely that you are going to have it. If you had a previous pregnancy with morning sickness, you're more likely to have it again in a subsequent pregnancy. 
if you get motion sickness or migraines, and if you have a history of getting nausea when taking birth control pills, which tend to be high in estrogen, all of that makes you more likely to have morning sickness in your pregnancy. There is a mental component of morning sickness that's not often talked about. Having morning sickness can really affect your quality of life. It can be especially tough in the first trimester when you may not be telling everyone that you're pregnant and you feel sick, you could be missing work or missing out on social activities. Overall, you're going through a ton of physical and emotional changes and not feeling well can really impact your mental health. A study found that morning sickness can have a significant impact on family life as well as the ability to perform usual daily activities, social functioning, stress level, and intent to have other children. The study also found that exercise was associated with a higher quality of life and mental health. You know that there are many benefits to exercise during pregnancy. This is another one of them. I'll link to that in the show notes. Taking care of your mental health is extremely important. Please know if you are struggling with morning sickness, that one, you're not alone, and two, this is just temporary. Morning sickness, like everything that you go through during pregnancy, will be worth it. You just have to hang in there. One study suggested that women with nausea and vomiting during pregnancy are characterized by higher intakes of carbohydrates and added sugars, primarily from sugar-containing soft drinks. Whether higher intakes of carbohydrates were a response aimed to alleviate symptoms, you know, often women who are nauseous end up subsisting on crackers, or if the carbs and sugars were actually provoking the condition was not known. Obviously, you know that you should be limiting sugary drinks, and the best thing to drink is always going to be water. Many studies have found a protective component to morning sickness. It's been hypothesized that nausea and aversion to certain foods can protect you from eating certain things that may put you at a higher risk for getting sick during your pregnancy. It's also been proposed that nausea and early pregnancy can alert you to the fact that you're pregnant really early on, sometimes even before you could take a test that would show up positive, and that this can give you more awareness to take care of yourself and your baby earlier on. And another theory, if we're looking at nausea and vomiting during pregnancy as a result of hormone production, it could be a positive sign that your body and your placenta are producing the hormones that they need for a healthy pregnancy. There was a study that made huge headlines in recent years that morning sickness was associated with a reduced risk of miscarriage. Like a lot of headlines, this one doesn't really tell the whole story. This study enrolled women who had already experienced one or two prior pregnancy losses, so this could have been a higher risk group. And overall, they did find that for women who had one or two pregnancy losses, nausea and vomiting were common very early in pregnancy and were associated with a reduced risk for pregnancy loss. I'll put a link to that study in the show notes. The flip side of this is that there is a concern that lack of nausea during pregnancy means that something is wrong. I actually just had a listener this week email me with a question on this. It doesn't. And if you're not experiencing any morning sickness, you should not worry that something is wrong. There was a study that I came across when I was researching for this episode that did not show any association between lack of nausea or vomiting during pregnancy and an increase in the overall rates of malformations of your baby. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. 
The conversation around whether morning sickness during pregnancy is a protective mechanism is still evolving. And there is still a lot that we don't know about morning sickness. If it makes you feel better to think that feeling nauseous during your pregnancy is a good thing in terms of the health of your baby, then awesome. But please do not stress out if you don't have any symptoms. Before we get into how to treat morning sickness with some remedies that you can try, I want to give a real quick shout out to the sponsor for today's show, which is a service that is free and you should definitely be taking advantage of. A few years ago when I was pregnant, I spent hours coordinating with my insurance company and medical device companies trying to get a breast pump covered through my health insurance. In the end, it all worked out, but it was a huge ordeal. Luckily for you, Aeroflow is a company that is going to handle all of this on your behalf. They call your insurance company and figure out all the details like how much you qualify for and when your insurance will approve shipping a pump to you. They're going to get in touch with your doctor or midwife to get all the paperwork that they need for the insurance to cover the pump. And then they're going to get in touch with you to help you pick out the right breast pump for your needs. I really wish that this was around back when I spent hours going through this process. Aeroflow carries all of the major brands like Medela, Spectra, and Evenflow. Most insurance companies will cover a pump about a month before your due date, but you don't need to wait to get this process started. You can knock it off your list anytime during your pregnancy. To get started and check this item off your to-do list, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash breast pump. Now that we've covered a lot about morning sickness, let's get into how you can treat it. Everyone is going to be different, and what works for one expecting mom may not work for you. There isn't one magic solution that works for everyone. One good idea is to keep a journal and track your symptoms to try and figure out if certain things are triggering them. If you know that certain foods, smells, environments, or time of day trigger your nausea, it might be helpful when you are trying to figure out how to avoid those symptoms or relieve them. I want to go through a lot of different tips to try to help relieve symptoms of morning sickness, and hopefully there's something in this list that you haven't tried and something that you may find helpful. We can start with the obvious, which is to avoid foods or smells that make your nausea worse. Another idea is to snack often and don't eat big meals. Try eating small, frequent meals throughout the day. You can keep a snack by your bed and eat something right when you first wake up in the morning. Your blood sugar levels tend to drop during the night when you are sleeping, and then waking up with low blood sugar levels may contribute to nausea. If your prenatal vitamin is making you nauseous, you can try to take it with a meal or a snack, or try taking it at night before you go to bed. Another idea that may help is to just get some fresh air. Open a window or take a walk outside and see if that's helpful. It's also going to be really beneficial for you to drink plenty of fluids, especially water. And this is really important to make sure that you are avoiding being dehydrated, especially if you are vomiting. If you're having a tough time drinking a lot of water or keeping it down, you could try sparkling water. The bubbles might help settle your stomach. Some women find that drinking out of a straw helps them to drink more water throughout the day. 
Cold liquids might be easier than room temperature to drink. You can also try ice chips or popsicles. You can make popsicles at home with water and maybe a little fresh fruit or juice, but you want to make sure that you are staying hydrated. Ginger has found to be really helpful for nausea. You can try ginger ale or a ginger tea, which could make you feel a little bit better. Ginger ale is going to have high sugar content, whereas a ginger tea you could have without adding sugar, or at least control the amount of sugar that you're putting into it. Many women find lemons to be helpful, and this could be in any form, whether it's just cutting it open and smelling it, squeezing a wedge of lemon into a glass of water, anything that might help you. While certain smells are going to make your nausea worse, there are some that might make you feel a little bit better. If you're into essential oils, that's definitely something worth trying. And peppermint is one that tends to be really helpful for nausea. Motion sickness bands can also be helpful for nausea. And some women even swear by acupuncture and acupressure. One thing that I thought about while I was researching this episode, and I was actually quite surprised that I didn't find much of anything on it online while doing research, is using marijuana to treat nausea. Marijuana has become pretty popular, especially in cancer patients going through chemotherapy. There are studies showing that recreational use of marijuana contributed to adverse outcomes in pregnancies, and there are no studies showing that it is safe during pregnancy. There really isn't any research on cannabis and morning sickness. Obviously, smoking during pregnancy isn't a good idea, but I even wondered about edibles or cannabinoid oils, and there really isn't research available on this. In the U.S., as more states legalize marijuana, it's going to become more prevalent, and perhaps this is going to spark some studies in the future as to whether cannabis could help treat morning sickness or even hyperemesis gravidarum and give us more information to weigh the risks and benefits of using this as a possible treatment. Without evidence available demonstrating that there are benefits or showing that there are not risks, all we have to go on are studies that overall show negative effects relating to marijuana smoking during pregnancy. The safe bet, of course, is going to be just to avoid marijuana when you're pregnant. One last thing I want to cover is when to contact your doctor. Anytime, really. If your gut is telling you that you should contact your doctor or midwife about anything, you should follow it. If your morning sickness is really severe, if you're having trouble keeping fluids down or any other troublesome symptoms, call your doctor or midwife. This could be a sign of hyperemesis gravidarum if you have really severe morning sickness. And we didn't focus on that too much. There is a prescription medication to treat this, so that could be a topic to discuss with your doctor or midwife in the event that you have hyperemesis gravidarum. To recap today's episode, we talked all about morning sickness, the causes, some of the risk factors, and a pile of ways that you can try and treat it. I want to thank you for tuning into the Pregnancy Podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 89. You can find me on Twitter at Preg Podcast or Pregnancy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also join the Pregnancy Podcast community on Facebook. If you have been dealing with morning sickness and are up to share what has or has not worked for you, I would love to hear your thoughts in the Facebook group. 